Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here with this week's Notre Dame football show here on YouTube. Pollock Champion for our folks uh, who are listening to the audio version of this show. Hope you all are doing well. Spring game for Notre Dame as we record this is 10 days away. Um, so very exciting times around the corner. Please do hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel, of course, for more Notre Dame football content. And if you're listening via podcast, please do leave us a kind review. We would always appreciate that. So for today's show, Tim and I have some recruiting topics. Going to spend, uh, you know, uh, just uh, you know, not not too long on those before we bring in Tyler Hork, a blue and gold beat writer um, who's been at every um, Notre Dame practice that's been available to the media. Which I'll say it's not many, uh, but today was one of those practices. Um, so we'll bring him in to discuss um, that. So let us know in the comments. Um, you know, uh, just what you're thinking about some of the topics that we discussed. We always um, in, enjoy the interaction with you folks. Tim Hyde, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm, do, I'm doing really good, thanks. And um, if I could take about 15 seconds to be nostalgic, I absolutely loved, I don't know if you saw it, that uh, you know, Byron you know, Spirell talked to the team today and mm-hmm. And I literally thought back to the to the old days. And one of my classic games of all time for all the old guys listening along with me out there is uh, the 87 Alabama game. That's all I thought about instantly. Alabama, believe it or not, Mike, Bama came up to Notre Dame in November of 87. Would that take place these days? Probably not. And um, they were, Notre Dame was the underdog. Bama was 11. Notre Dame was 7. And Notre Dame ran the ball for about 350 yards, smashed Alabama. Derek Thomas, the all you know, the um, Hall of Fame linebacker, and he was he was team captain, right tackle. And I, all I thought about was Holtz, how he built that team. He was a part of that. And then lastly, we want to talk about name, image, likeness. Can Marcus Freeman, Chad Bowden, can everybody in the recruiting? Just send this to every single recruit between now and when they leave Notre Dame. And here's the ultimate name image likeness. Get a Notre Dame degree. And now he's the vice what, vice president of the NBA operations. Uh, that's a pretty good four for 40 speech right there. So that's my soapbox real quick. I saw that and I was just so hyped. And I just wanted to start the show with a little uh, old school football from, from the old days. And it was just awesome. And his message was outstanding to the players. So I loved it. Former Notre Dame player, football player, as an NBA yes. executive. Like, yeah. how does how does that work? But that's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. Joe Bros in the chat. It says four for forty. Um, yeah. Alex, who uh, AKA has always been, uh, looks like Tyler Buckner's little brother. Um, I <laughs> that. Appreciate you being in the chat here. Um, yes, John. Hello. I hope you guys are all doing well. Let's dive into our first topic, Tim. 
we are big proponents. Maybe not big proponents, but I'll say we look at the blue chip ratio. That's something yeah. that we always like to discuss here at Blue and Gold. Yeah, um, nice. and, um, you know, for if you don't know what the, uh, the blue chip ratio is, it's it's the percentage of your class that's a four or a five star. I mean that that's 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 the gist. I always like to point out that you know not all four stars are created the same. I mean, for a four star player, you're talking about a borderline five star guy to a borderline three star guy. I mean, it's a pretty wide gap. There's a lot. I mean, that's like 300 guys are four stars yeah. or something like that. Um, so. I uh, got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but still, it's always good to look at. Interesting data point, and Tim always likes to talk about it. So, on three posted this graphic on Twitter today: um, twenty twenty to twenty twenty three classes. What is the blue chip ratio? So, I'll read this out for podcast audience. At the very top, you have Alabama, ninety one percent shocker. Ohio State, eighty five percent. Again, eighty five percent for the Buckeyes, four and five star prospects. That's a blue chip ratio over the past four classes. Georgia, 78%. LSU, 74%. Little old Clemson, 73%. OU and Texas A&M at 71% tied. Texas, 67%. Oregon, Notre Dame, and Florida tied at 65%. Um, and then drops down nine percentage points um, to uh, Penn State at 56%. Um, and then uh, the, the school in Ann Arbor at 53%. So, uh yeah, Notre Dame being at 65%. I feel like that 2021 class brings it down a good bit when that one was at 48%. But, I mean, you look at this, Tim, feels like, I don't know. Notre Dame's doing pretty well for themselves, with, with you know, despite this. I mean, but that's a, it's a pretty big gap between the top of the SEC, you know, with Alabama, you know, down to, you know, some of these Midwestern schools. What do, what do you think about this list? Yeah, he, a huge gap, no doubt about it. But... The fact that Notre Dame's right there in the mix, you know, um, obviously the last two classes, you know, we're sitting in the 70 percentile, the last two classes. Notre Dame's one of only four schools to, to be there in the last two at 70 percent. For those uh, podcasts who haven't watched show, you know, elite recruiting in this is 70 percent plus. So if you're over 70 percent, you're doing some elite recruiting. So Andy's on the cusp of that 48 percent for that 2021 class, which estimate Fisher. Joe Alt going to be a first round pick, you know, obviously some, you know, Tyler Buckner quarterback and a whole range of other players, Logan Diggs, the receiver. So, and then it was a massive group of three stars that just brought that class down. But um, so that's why I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I I like the blue chip ratio and that I don't. So if Notre Dame would have signed 20 guys and not taken the three stars, then the blue chip ratio is through the roof. But at the end of the day, I don't think having those three-star guys really hurt the program. I mean, some of them hit. Maybe Jason Anya, one of those three-star hits. Yep. I'm in that class. Like, who who knows about some of the other guys that are still around. But the other schools, the other schools that are in the Final Four, the other schools that are battling for the title, they're not getting the Jason Anyas. They're getting the 91%, the 85%. And then the first thing I I thought about real quick, Mike, was – Kind of these transfers, right? These transfers are are struggling outside of one guy, Baptiste. And where's he from? He was a backup yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. So he's been around those blue chips. Thomas Harper, I know he's been injured, a little banged up and whatnot. But Clarence Lewis and the safeties are kind of might be ahead of him coming from Oklahoma State. Caleb Smith, we haven't heard a whisper about him. 
he was an honorable mention all ACC wide receiver and third string possibly at Notre Dame with those blue chip receivers. And then obviously Sam Hartman battling a handful of blue chip quarterbacks right now with Buckner, obviously Minchie and then Angeli in the mix. But um, he's, you know, he's not taking the reins as a six year uh, guy, which is a little surprising. So that, that was the first thing I thought about was Notre Dame is doing good. Notre Dame's blue chips are stepping up and there's a lot of them playing football for this, for this team here in 2023. So We'll get into 2024 down the road, especially after the blue and gold game. I can't, I want, really want to talk about recruiting because Notre Dame's, if they follow the Mike, the Mike Singer prediction log is going to be in that 70 percentile again with blue chips. So we'll, we'll see if the yeah, Singer, we'll, the we'll, Singer we'll, prediction holds, but it should. Yeah. It should. yeah Singer needs to do uh, a, you know, I, I need to do a better job with updating picks. My, my, my biggest thing about, you know, these predictions, you know, recruit predictions is, well, for, I, I've definitely gotten a little bit more lax on them. Like I'll log projections a lot more than I used to probably earlier in my career. I'd be like, well, I, I've just been told this guy's committing to this school. So I'm going to log yeah. the prediction. I don't do that anymore. Anthony Knapp. I knew, you know, he was committing to Notre Dame, you know, very soon after I just didn't log the prediction because yeah. at that point, it's not a prediction. If you already know it's happened. So I think that's a load of crap. Other people might do it. That's they could do whatever they want. I just think it's crap. It's not a prediction if you know. Oh, yeah. But I what I, on the other side of it, you know, if I know a player has you know given you know a good old silent commitment to X school and has a commitment date of two days from now, I don't flip the pick. Like it, I I don't. Peyton Pierce, I flipped my pick from Notre Dame to Ohio State Monday. I had no idea he was committing to Ohio State yesterday. I had no idea. Um. So I kind of got lucky there, but I say all this to point out a prediction like Ryan Wingo I have in, I would like to move that one. But again, a long way to say Singer needs to do a better job of flipping these, some of these picks. Cause I don't want people going, Oh, Singer thinks he's going to Notre Dame. My picture prediction was like seven, eight months ago, if not longer. And yeah. uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't need to do a little bit of better job on, uh, on that. Yeah, but. But let me, yeah. But let me give you, you know, a little pat on the back there. No, I don't you know, no, no, I'm just saying, you know, with all the, the predictions, they are what you say. Someone gets a thing. Oh, crystal ball. I'm predicting, you know, it's, you know, 72 hours before he does his show on CBS sports. We know where he's going or someone logs a prediction, you know, the next day after a visit and the guy does a video in two days. It's like, yes, you, you do way more six month plus outs. Let me give I mean, you my, I mean, you go reeling out there. You throw that, that right. fish line way out there, Mike. Yeah, I think which is fun, which is great. I think, yeah, I, I think you need to take it for it's a prediction. If if it's, it's exactly. if it's a um to give you the news, like I don't I don't think these you know these predictions should be this is the like he's committing. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's that's crap and that ruins consistency. This is the best prediction I've ever made in my life. All right, I'm gonna be completely honest. This is the best one. Peter Jones just in this current recruiting cycle, he got his offer from Notre Dame. Pot of gold last year, which someone someone tell me what St. Patrick's Day was last year. I predicted before he got his offer, before he tweeted out that he had an offer that he's going to go to Notre Dame. Um, so that would have been I put it in March 14th, and then he committed um, five months later. Now I don't like to pat myself on the back, but hell yeah, I'm patting myself on the back for that one. I thought that was an awesome. That that's my all time favorite prediction that I've ever did. Peter Jones. And my coworker, you know, the Penn State guy, Ryan Snyder, had a prediction for him to go to Penn State. Whole family of Penn State fans. So that one did feel good. I will 
I will say that. He was a Penn State lock. Cam Williams was a Michigan lock. There was a handful of these guys that were like, all the cards going to the other program. CJ Carr. Yeah. I know. It's like. I mean, I was talking. I I made this comment on the message board today, Tim. Um, You know, because I wrote an article on Cam Williams. You can find it at bloomgold.com. And I, and I, Someone made a comment like, man, how happy, how lucky are we to have King Williams and CJ Card? These guys are great. And I, I was like, look, I think as a community, we we take for granted the guys who are committed and we just we just get fired up about maybe not signing the best receiver class in the country. Like, just think about it though. An elite quarterback and an elite receiver, that's all Notre Dame fans want. You know, or you know, a big part, a, a big thing of what Notre Dame fans want. And Notre Dame has it. And these guys are advocating for the Irish on social media and everything. Cars back to posting Notre Dame on Twitter. Everything's great in the world. I, I don't know. I'm fired up. All right, Tim. I'm gonna throw you a quick curveball. Real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Ahead. Uh, quick curveball on that is okay. the picture of Williams and CJ Carr. Yeah, I got you. Hold on. Is yeah, is I, I just need to ask, is that a Tommy Reese postcard to Notre Dame fans? What? Well, did, well, wasn't he the main Cog of recruiting those two. I don't know. I just found that. I just. Uh, I actually had someone, good Notre Dame fan, uh, was texting with me about that. Is like, is Reese getting the last laugh? Just saying, he recruited those guys are at Notre Dame. People like to dig on Reese. I just found that interesting. He recruited CJ Carr. He's the Chicago recruiter for Williams. So, but what's done is done. Just a little pat on the back. I would need more time to think about that, Tim. I don't really know if I have strong thoughts on it. <laughs> I don't know. I, all right. There's Just to rile up some fans. It's always about your your your, your curveball was a was a was a ball. You know, high high and high and outside. I ain't swinging for that one. But here's mine. So Tim, we did this article today. Mike versus Kyle. It's an article we do every Wednesday. Me and my me and my coworker Kyle Kelly. Um, you know, we'll we'll take a, a a question and we both just kind of write an answer. And again, you can find the article on our website. The question is, which state could become the most fruitful to Notre Dame recruiting in 2024? And uh, whenever we do this article, we always post on the board, like, "Hey, vote for who you uh, think is correct." Right now, 17 votes for Kyle and three for me. And I think this is the most ridiculous thing ever. I do not get it. Kyle says Illinois. It's a it's a good choice. It is. It is. But I'm going California. If we're going to say which state could become the most fruitful, you can't include Cam Williams because he's that's already been fruitful, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's committed. Um, so that that's... That's done. Unless you want to give me the oh, there's no thing, there's no such thing as committed. You, you know, it's only official when you sign. Okay, all right, you're you're fun at parties. Put that aside. Yeah. So you're really, I mean, Marquise Lightfoot's a nice player. Yeah, Darian Dupree, I like, but really, it's just Justin Scott. Like that's that's the argument. Yes. For California, Kingston Villamuasa, Marquise Gallegos, the safety. Jason Robinson, the receiver. Emmett Mosley, another receiver. I mean, California is loaded for Notre Dame recruiting. Yeah, that's just a terrible job in my explanation for the article. But I feel like a lot of people are just going to vote based on just the answer, not read the explanation. So it's like Justin Scott versus all these California guys. You know, I mean, that's four possible Southern California possible commits right there. 
three out of the four from the, you know, the big time Catholic leagues. It's like, that's, it's huge. That's a, and that's a legit possibility that that's out there for Freeman and the staff, not to mention the handful of guys they have up in Northern California that they offered and they're still recruiting. So yeah, California can be a massive boom for the Irish in this uh, 2024 class. So me personally, I, I love when coaches get on the road. I know you don't cause you got to do 17 articles a day, but um, I, I mean, they're going to be hitting that road next Monday. Next Monday, they should be out there running around going crazy, and uh, it's going to be no. fun to see who they go after. No, they'll wait until after the spring game. No, no, uh, the following Monday, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, so at the 24th. Yeah, spring you can't game. Keep your day straight. Yeah, I know. I'm all, I told you, I thought this week was the spring game. I'm lost. So, yeah, we got another, what, 10 days or whatever. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see where they go after these spring visits, who's visited, to see if they wrap up some commitments, or are they going to go, you know, Found the pavement for a handful of guys that haven't visited, which are some really good football players out there. Yeah, I just, yeah, like, like Crystal Rose is Cam Williams and Justin Scott easily annoying. Again, I'm not, I would not include Cam Williams, but if you're going to go Justin Scott, yeah, but you have two players from Illinois. That's his Cali I mean, if we're going to talk about what could be the most fruitful, California, you could have like four or five high end recruits. Um, so. I'm, st- I don't know. A lot of these things, you know, a lot of these articles will do is kind of a flip of the coin. This one I feel pretty strongly about. Especially um, for this year. Yes. And I wanted to throw it out there because I know you're a California guy. Yes. You know, you coach Juco ball and, and we're, you're, you know, high school head coach, um, you know, for some, uh, for some great you know, program down there. So, football. no, it's great high school football. And, you know, I, I mean, my God, how many times do I say just all you have to recruit is the Catholic leagues? Go to the Trinity, you go to the Sarah League, and you could scoop up bodies all over the place. Comment here from Tony. Appreciate it, Tony. It says, good luck landing California kids. Man, do you know how many California kids Notre Dame has on the roster? Notre Dame has a – All right, let's just go – Hold on. Just over the last 30 years, more California quarterbacks have started for Notre Dame than any other state. So, it's – California has been a Notre Dame pipeline. Baden Mickey, Ramon Henderson, Tyler Buckner, Rico Flores, Chance Tucker. I got a walk on Isaiah Dunn. Uh, Matt Salerno, walk on now, scholarship guy. Yep. Chris Salerno, another California guy, also walk on. Junior Tui Halamaka, oh, yeah. um, and, and then another walk on tight end. And Flanagan comes in the summer from De La Salle. Yeah. Yeah. And then you compare that to Illinois on the roster. Um, a walk on safety, a walk on receiver, a walk on safety, uh, Michael Vinson, walk on now scholarship, Pat Coogan, um, a walk on receiver, and Riley Mills. Okay, so it's more scholarship guys from California than Illinois. So, um, good luck landing guys in, 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 in Illinois. Then that, that, that that's, that's what I would say to that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, California football is, is obviously far superior to Illinois, but still. Oh, it's, it's it's massive. Those kids will go all over the place. It's it's always been a pipeline for Notre Dame, always. And it's just because, you, I mean, you only got really SC. You know, those kids, you know if you have a Notre Dame offer, you're 90% going to be more interested in Notre Dame than you are UCLA, Stanford, Cal, San Diego State, San Jose State. It's, it's always been that way historically. So yeah. it's been about Notre Dame and SC. Uh, you know, with the Kelly kids. All right. Uh, one other thing. Um, yeah, I, for for Crystal, I mean, uh, 
how do you not include Williams when you'd be looking at who was signed by every state, not who they get from the article forward? I mean, it is the article forward. It, it's which state could become the most fruitful. Notre Dame already has Kim Williams committed, so I wouldn't include I wouldn't include Kim Williams. Yeah. So. Just your uh, yeah, it's just your policy for yourself on the question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's hear quickly um uh, from our sponsors over at uh, my perfect franchise. Tim, I'll let you uh I'll take a quick uh, quick water break. So yeah, this is a, a pretty cool sponsor that we have, folks. Um, so if you are a displaced corporate executive, or if you're wanting to put your career in your hands, maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify. Well, Andy Ledecky can help. He's a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Um, using his expertise, he helps find. Uh, he helps find folks find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy, put your life and career in your hands. Best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. All right, Tim, one other uh, item of discussion before we get um, to um, a, a discussion with Tyler Horka. Uh, Blue and Gold beat writer um, who covered practice today is a, a little look at the recruiting weekend. You know, look, I, I always tell folks um, that, look, what we talk about on our YouTube channel and, and we do cover a lot. It's only a portion of what you can get at blueandgold.com. So for folks watching on YouTube right now, you can see this graphic we have up on the screen. It's just five names. And this is just the April 15th visitors. This does not include the guys who are on campus today. There's more Thursday. So this is just for this weekend. I kind of just wanted to go through some of these names real quick. Um, and Tim, I'll, and then I'll let you um, you know, give any thoughts you have. Five names, in, in, intriguing, interesting names for Notre Dame. Styles Prescott, you see him. Uh, that, that's him pictured. Uh, class of 2024 offensive lineman. What's interesting here, Tim, is that Notre Dame has two Offensive line commits and Anthony Knapp and Peter Jones, um, both interior guys, at least kind of the projection is Prescott a tackle. Is he an interior guy? I think he could play either. It's, it's it seems very much up in the air. So where he stands on Notre Dame's offensive line board, when the Irish seem to be wanting to take three in the class, but it certainly wouldn't rule out four. Um, very interesting, but obviously Notre Dame still um, definitely keeping their eyes on him. Um, and have this four-star recruit on campus this weekend. Kennedy Erlocker, uh, a three-star safety. Yep, the son of Brian Erlocker. Um, he's going to campus this weekend and one of those players who I have a, logged a prediction for to end up at Notre Dame. Owen Strebig. I think Notre Dame's offered two offensive linemen in the 2025 class, and Owen is one of them. Um, he's a you know big hog molly out of, out of Wisconsin. Big dude. I think he's listed at like six, seven, 300 pounds. Uh, Cree Thomas. Um, how about this? Same high school as... Um, ben Morrison came out of Phoenix Brophy Prep uh, in the 2022 class. Thomas would have been a freshman that year. Um, so, yeah, Thomas got his offer from Notre Dame on Pot of Gold Day. And, um, yeah, Notre Dame could land Benjamin Morrison 2.0. I'm sure uh, Mike Mickens and, and, and company would be pretty excited about that. And then Gavin Nix, um, I can't remember where he's from, but he currently attends IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Um, he's a, a, definitely a top prospect. Interestingly enough, doesn't have an offer from the Irish yet. Um, but you know, you look at it's a pretty strong offer list. He has all the schools in Florida, 
Um, 24-7 and Rivals have him ranked as a four-star player, top 125 nationally, and, and, and according to both websites. Um, and then, yeah, Thomas, somewhat under the radar right now. He's got a few mm-hmm. offers. Street Biggs, number 75 overall player, number seven offense tackle. Urlacher's a, a, a three-star guy. And um, Prescott is, is ranked as the industry ranking three-star, but on three um, rates him pretty high as a, as a four-star guy. So, Tim, any thoughts here? Yeah, interest, uh, real quick on Styles, he's he's an offensive tackle. I know on three has him as an interior guy, which I found – I just realized that on his rank, ranking here in the last few days. He's, I would say he's a tackle. Um, You know, I would – the big kid out of Wisconsin, Mike, is he looks like every single offensive lineman that's ever played out of Wisconsin in the NFL. I've, I've watched his film. I love Styles. Styles is a good football player. Raw, but very athletic. You see a lot of athleticism on him. So, you know, this this talk about is it three, four, if he wants to come aboard, take him. And then Gerby Lambert's one of those five-star crown jewels. You always find have a spot for him no matter what. So, but Sal, yeah, Sal's a good athlete, really good athlete. Good group of players coming. Um, and obviously with Erlacher, there's no – we need a safety in Notre Dame, right? So really good football player coming out of Arizona. Interesting handful of Arizona guys. Yeah. So, Arizona yeah. I was actually considering for that article, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, they've been up and coming. Notre Dame has been out there much more active, especially with Eli rushing. It's going to be at the spring game out of South Point Catholic. So Arizona is, you know, more – Notre Dame's more and more starting to, you know, extend those tentacles down there. So it's a good – I'm. The, the blue and gold game is loaded. It's yeah, going to be absolutely amazing. Think he's players. coming for the blue and gold game. He's locked in for an official in June. I don't think he's coming. Is that what game. it was? Okay, I, my apologies. Dude, Unless so Tim Hyde's breaking news, sound the alarm. But you, there's so much for Chris. Like every six hours, there's a new update on somebody, and yeah, I, I lose track of dates. Who knows? But yes, he's definitely coming for an official. There's that. Excuse me. But uh, yeah, Styles is a bit. I think Styles is a big one because he's in state. He's definitely a Division One prospect. He's been taking an SEC tour. He's been down south visiting schools. Very athletic. Uh, definitely a guy they could develop into a, an offensive tackle, I, I believe, down the road with his length. He's very, very athletic. Good knee bender. And then, yeah, one of the only two offensive linemen is the Wisconsin guy. If you have him, folks, Google him. Watch his film. Sitting back watching some popcorn. <laughs> I mean, literally, I watched three plays, and I'm like, this guy's every single offensive tackle that's ever played at Wisconsin in the last 20 years since Barry, you know since Barry Alvarez. I mean, he's 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 like Joe Rudolph back in the 90s, you know, pancaking guy. Yeah, he's a legit bona fide dude. Come 2025, so he's going to be a must get for the Irish. Uh, just keep that tackle, tackle the NFL, tackle the NFL. Just keep recruiting these great football players. But uh, yeah, I watched his instantly, Mike, and. Uh, yeah, he's. I uh, hope he has a lot of fun on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. So that's uh, again a quick look um, at uh, Notre Dame's recruiting weekend. Just a few names. There are definitely a lot more. So head to bloomgold.com, um, and you can find on our loose emoji message board the full visitor list. And we always update that as we confirm um, players. So uh, let's let's quickly uh, hear from another sponsor before we go um, to our uh, chat with with Tyler Horgo. Bring him on live. Um, and of course, folks, you know who it is. It's it's Rogue Shop, the husband and wife outfit, as Mr. Rogue and his wife Shar are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves. Personally, the products I've tried, I gotta say, I sign off on them. I wouldn't say that if I don't 
if I didn't, I should say, but I have, uh, you know, let's just say I've enjoyed it. They do everything by hand and their visit, their website to visit, excuse me, is rogueshop.com. They sell everything, folks, CBD, THC, edibles, tincture, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Yes, I just read that very fast. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask Mr. Roganshar any questions. Again, folks, head over to rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, if you have chronic pain or anxiety stress, and you can use promo code blue and gold to get 10% off your order. Again, that is promo code blue and gold. It's all just one word. Okay. All right. We're going to go uh, to Tyler Horka um, and uh, Tim Hyde here. Tyler, you are a very highly requested guest on the program. Glad that you are joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Got to watch probably an hour, close to an hour more of football today than I expected to. And that included actual good on good, competitive seven on seven, 11 on 11 live reps instead of just some individual work. So anytime that that's the case, I'm going to be a happy man. Spring football is all about learning what you got. And today I think I learned a little bit more than I knew when I woke up this morning about Notre Dame football. So it was a good day. You're muted, Mike. You're muted. Always trying to uh, avoid echo. Um, and then, uh, of course, in a, in a post-Zoom world, uh, we always leave ourselves on on mute. Okay. So, uh, Tyler, you guys, you and Kyle Kelly shot some really good videos. So if there's anything you want me to pop up on the screen specifically that you guys shot, just let me know and I can do that. Um, yeah, I want to talk about spring practice. But first, your shirt is very – it's well-timed. I know. I was just picking one out from the closet, and I was like – First of all, it hit 80 degrees in South Bend today, so I'm going to be wearing this a lot more in the coming days, the coming weeks. But uh, secondly, yeah, I'm a big Masters guy. 30 holes on Sunday, John Rahm, heck of a performance. I thought Brooks Kepka was going to fend off everybody, but then John Rahm showed that he's probably the best golfer in the world right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great shirt. I actually had a buddy who worked on the grounds crew there, and he was able to get me this when he was – I think he worked there for like three, four, maybe five years. And that's uh, straight from Augusta National, only place you can get it. That is awesome. Yeah. Not a golf guy, but I, I, I've i always respected the Masters. I think it's, uh, it's pretty special. I, I'm not going to go into my golf talk. But, I mean, you, people who I know who are big golf guys, I, I like to ask them, like, I'll give them crazy hypotheticals. Like, I'll shoot you in the kneecap, in both kneecaps, and then you can go play at, at, at Augusta and they'll say yes. I don't think I'd get shot in both kneecaps because well, I think that would affect my swing. Hey, but, man, uh, they say yes. They you say could give yes. me something cra- a crazy hypothetical and I'd, I'd probably say yes more than the <laughs> Maybe average. not the kneecaps. <laughs> Maybe not the kneecaps, but All probably right. more than the average person would agree to. Yeah, I, I just kind of came up that one on the spot. All right. Usually, let's just dive into the quarterbacks. Uh, I, I definitely recommend folks watching. Um, go to bloomgold.com, or, or I guess you can find it in there. We put in some articles, but on our YouTube channel here, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, you know where to find us. You guys, you, you and Patrick did a phenomenal job breaking down practice, 12 minutes of gold, some really good footage. Like I put in the thumbnail of this video, Buckner ascending question mark. You tell me, what did you guys see of Tyler Buckner today? I've had all day to kind of break it down in my head. And and I'll say this. 
I think it's less of Tyler Buckner ascending as much as it is Sam Hartman not being who I thought he was going to be. And look, it's April. He may very well be that guy come August, but two or three weeks into spring practices, I've seen a guy who looks a little uncomfortable. I don't want to say he looks lost because a lot of the times, and Patrick Ingles said this on our video earlier, and I totally agree with him. He'll go through progressions and you're like, okay, he's looking and he's going to throw to the right guy. And today he did the same exact thing. He was making the right throw. He just was not putting the ball where it needed to be for that intended target. And his miss was the same every single time. It was long. It was way too far out in front of guys. If it needed to have a little more air under it, it didn't. He didn't have the touch. He zipped one. Like uh, There was one where Audrey Estime, I'm not sure if he was running a wheel. I don't remember the specific play in my head. And, and you make a good point on our thread today, Mike. We're not allowed to film all of these things that I'm talking about. What we get to film is what you're watching right now, warm-ups and then routes on air. Audrey Estime either ran – a wheel or maybe he was lined up to the left side of the formation and he just kind of skirted out down the left sideline. And he found that pocket in between the corner and the safety. Notre Dame was playing a little bit of zone defense and he's like, Hey, hit me right here. And Sam Hartman just zipped it right over his head. Way too much uh, mustard on it. Whatever word you want to use. It just went right by Audrey Estime. And I saw a couple throws to the right side of the field that were the same way. So Tyler Buckner didn't blow me away today. He had a touchdown pass to Holden Stays. It was a very good RPO. That's what you have with Tyler Buckner. You had everything moving to the left side of the formation on that play. Sucked the defense in over that way. He squirts out to the right. Holden Stays is running it out. Catches it perfectly. Turns upfield. Touchdown Notre Dame. So you just had Tyler Buckner not make any mistakes. Didn't try to force anything. Made the plays that were there. And then Sam Hartman was just... He looked like a guy that's only been working with these wide receivers for, I know he's been here since January, but they've only been practicing on the field in this capacity for a few weeks now. And it very much looked like the case between him and Buckner today. Tim, I'm curious uh, for your take on this, um, you know, put your coach hat on and not your, uh, you know, your, your, your blue and gold analyst hat, if that makes sense, put your bias aside, maybe is what I'm trying to say. Uh, for this whole Hartman-Buckner debate. But how much of this do you think could be just him not – and Tyler, what's your thoughts on this too as the guy watching it? How much could this be just him still being really new? He's only been with these guys for a couple months. He's, he's only been uh, you know, a handful of practices. How much do you think that could be a part of this, Tim? Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's the $10,000 question, correct? Um, I guess there's a little pause here is – you know, I hear that, I hear that, you know, and I'm not trying not to be biased whatsoever. You know, I love California quarterbacks, but Sam Hartman's played five years of college football. All right. Offense is not thousand different plays. Everyone has, everyone throws a corner out. Everyone has the post. Everyone has the wheels. Everyone does crossings. Everyone does shallow crosses. Every program, every program has play actions for Sam Hartman. This is my opinion not to come in and be the dude guy who's throwing 110 touchdown passes and he's just not, Hey, give me the ball and slinging it. These guys have been throwing routes on air since January. They've been in the, you know, they've been in the goog, they've been in the, in the facility working out and things of that nature. So it's not like they just started throwing together when spring ball hit day one, they've been practicing. You're allowed, 
you're allowed to be with coaches and do installs now, like two days a week, I believe the new NCAA uh, rules are. So they've been doing things. And I'll be honest with you, I'm absolutely floored. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. Not shocked to be like, I thought he was going to be the greatest thing since uh, sliced bread. I'm just stunned he is struggling. You know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is not putting in some wild, crazy new offense that he's never thrown, you know, been in before. But I really think one thing no one's ever talked about and really ever looked at, you know, we saw the 110 touchdown passes, but it was in the, against ACC defenses. And Notre Dame has dominated the ACC football for since his Brian Kelly 2.0 period. So that's one thing I think has been overshadowed um, when breaking down Sam Hartman, I, I feel. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think another part of it could be the the new receivers. But yeah, maybe after three months and all the routes on air that they're doing without the coaches, probably should have much better chemistry at this point. So, Tyler, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, do we have an like, – it's hard to have an answer for why this is happening, but any thoughts, Tyler? Well, my thoughts are the concerning part is it's happened both times that we've seen in open practice. Now, Tyler Buckner has outplayed Sam Hartman two times in a row, and that's pretty much four hours of football. When you go to April 1st, we saw a two-hour practice. Today, we saw a two-hour hour practice, and we saw the same thing. And I'm not saying Tyler Buckner is out there lighting it up, throwing for three touchdowns, hitting everybody down the field, but he is making more plays than Sam Hartman right now. And today I thought we were going to see something completely different. Sam Hartman's first rep today in 11 on 11, it, it was almost like I was going back watching all those Wake Forest games that I've watched in January and February where they did a little like slow mesh read concept where Sam Hartman held the ball in the running back's belly. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is his bread and butter. He pulls it, throws it to Lorenzo Styles, seven-yard gain on a slant. Yes, Notre Dame fans, a slant. This is what I was watching with uh, Wake Forest all offseason. And you're, you're like, okay, they can just do that right on down the field. I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to have a slow mesh offense. But when, when in doubt, if you need to go to that a couple times, why wouldn't you if you know it's going to get you seven yards and you know that Sam Hartman's going to be comfortable making that throw and then when I saw less of that as the day went on and I saw more of Sam Hartman errantly overthrowing these receivers I do wonder and Tim makes a good point that this isn't some you know intricate offense where it's meticulous to learn and it's everything's going right over a 24 year old quarterback's head no it's 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 pretty easy there's there's crossers there's some downfield stuff there's some slants it's it's like you're playing Madden and you're picking the play. You're like, okay, I know what every single receiver is going to do here. That should be the case. And he's still, he gets out of, he's not in Winston-Salem anymore. And I think that really has a lot to do with it. You, you thought it wouldn't because he is such a veteran quarterback and he has all of this experience and all these stats and all these accolades. But right now it looks like he's not fitting in well. And again, it's only April. So you hope to work out all the kinks, but I'll go back to the, the point I made when I started this little diatribe here to two hours worth of practice today, two hours worth of practice on April 1st, we saw the same exact thing. We saw a guy who quite frankly, couldn't complete passes. All right. There's really a lot to unpack here. I have, I have two thoughts before I throw it back to Tim. The, the first being if it's more of Sam Hartman stinking 
maybe not stinking. You know, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Tyler, but if it's more about Sam Hartman struggling than it is Tyler Buckner just excelling, this is not great for Notre Dame. This is not great. This is not good things to hear. But which leads me to my second point, which is, look, it is just spring, fall, spring ball. We all, we all know. I don't think anyone, you know, with, with more than a half a brain is saying, well, I think that, you know, this is Buckner's going to win the job. No, like no, no one's saying that. And I was getting into it um, in in a YouTube comment. A guy just got on to us about. Well, I don't think you should be discussing this as a quarterback battle. It's not a quarterback battle. It's a foregone conclusion that Sam Hartman is the starter. While I agree that Sam Hartman will probably be the starter, it's a quarterback competition until it's no longer a quarterback competition. I mean, if we as media are to say, you know what? it looks like Sam Hartman is going to win the job. So we're not going to talk about this. How bad would we be at our jobs? I don't, you know, if I call a plumber to fix my toilet, I'm not telling him how to do his job. I'm going to let him do his job. So look, we're going to do our job. It's a quarterback competition until it's not anymore, folks. So I don't want to hear that. Okay. I, I we just, I just don't, 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 just don't do it. Okay. So yes, if it might just be spring ball, and even though Goolsby a couple days ago said you with Fasano, a lot of jobs are won in spring ball. So yeah, it, it is still important. And of course, we're going to, and I say we, just media in general, going to report on what we see. I mean, Tyler, you can't say, well, Hartman's stinking, but he's going to win the job. So nah, who cares? Like I'm not going to report on it. Like we can't do that. All right. I'll, I'll before I hand it over back over to Tim, I'll, I'll put this into perspective. Think about these guys on a ladder. I thought Sam Hartman coming in with everything that we've said about him, five years, 110 touchdown passes, all of these great things. I watched 12 games of him last year. He was phenomenal outside of a couple where the Wake Forest offensive line let everyone and anyone get to him, and he threw some passes that he shouldn't have, and they resulted in interceptions. I thought coming in, if this is a 12-step ladder, Sam Hartman's probably on step number 10. He's not perfect, but he's pretty high up there. You think he's going to be the guy that stays at the top. Tyler Buckner, I've talked very highly of Tyler Buckner in the past, but let's put him on step four of that ladder probably. He's like a third of the way up. He's a junior. He's only started three games. That leaves him six steps behind Sam Hartman. This is what I've seen in the practices that we've got to watch during spring ball. Sam Hartman has probably come down that ladder a couple steps. Maybe he's only at seven or eight now. I think Tyler Buckner, he hasn't turned the ball over. That's been huge for me. This is a guy that threw three interceptions against South Carolina the last time out, two interceptions against Marshall, one that pretty much cost Notre Dame the game at home. That pick six, that was the end of the game. He has not turned the ball over one time that we've seen from media viewing, viewing periods of practice Zero interceptions. That's huge. He goes up a step. He's thrown a couple of touchdowns now. He goes up a step. Now you're looking at a situation where Hartman may be at seven or eight and Buckner's at five or six. So I still think Hartman, even with everything that we've seen, I think he figures it out at some point. I think he wins this quarterback competition. But you're looking at a gap that was once seven or eight steps. I think it's only two, one, two or three steps at this point. And these guys are a lot closer than everyone thought they would be. And to Mike's point, that's a quarterback competition. Everyone wants to say, no, 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 it's not a quarterback competition. From what I've seen and what I feel, I mean, I'm around this program. I live 15 minutes down the road from 
the university, and that, that's what this is right now. Is a quarterback competition? It feels like one. Chris, appreciate the super chat. Um, yeah, and I'll also say media's got to see three practices. The coaches got to see, you know, the seven that the media did. So who knows what happened at those seven? But Tim, go to you. Yeah, uh, uh, real quick off, off that is uh, Buckner's made it a competition. Uh, Mar- Marcus Freeman came into the quarterback room with, you know, Tommy Reese after the USC game and told the guys, I am going to get a transfer quarterback. And I said at the time, and I, that Marcus Freeman didn't think he could win with these guys. And that's why he was going out to do that. And people may not like that, but that's, that's my take as a coach. He went and told Pine Buckner, I can't win with you guys. I'm going to go get someone with experience. Pine was like, well, I'm out of here. Buckner, it's lit a fire under him. It just has. And you could say it's just spring football. Well, Anthony Fasano and Mike Goolsby obviously talked about you earn your reps. You earn your stripes in spring because after spring ball ends, you're getting ready for finals. Then you go home and then you come right back that first week of June and it's summer, summer conditioning and you're getting your butts kicked and you're doing routes on air uh, with no coaches and things of that nature. And you get ready for training camp. Training camp starts and those coaches aren't saying, all right, everybody. It's equal reps, 50-50. No, they got to get ready to go to Dublin, Ireland and go play a game. Because two weeks after that, they're going to NC State. And guess who has stunk against NC State the last two years? Sam Hartman. He is throwing six picks against them the last two games. He's 0-2 against them. So that is a biggie. But Buckner has made this thing. Spring ball is very important. The spring game, it's balloons and hang out and have fun and things of that nature. Spring practices are set. Tyler said it best. It's his junior year. He's had two years. It's his third spring football. So, and he's played two years in a row. He's been in games. So it's not like Buckner, you know, is is not ready for this. And then lastly, just a couple things is Buckner, or excuse me, Hartman and AC. I just studied ACC play the last two years against winning teams, winning teams. That's seven and six, mind you. Hartman is two and eight against winning teams in the ACC play. Okay, now I know you could say it's Wake Forest, whatever, but they were in the ACC title game two years ago. So obviously Wake has guys. Wake can compete in that conference. So he's two and eight against teams with a winning record. Against ranked teams, Sam Hartman and Wake Forest is one and five the last two years. So most of his stats that I've done have been against the lesser competition. Yeah, the the, the two and eight thing is interesting, but I would like to know how many points the defense gave up. I mean, what's Hartman supposed to do about that? But but Sam Hartman's this elite, well-established quarterback. Hold on, the transfer of the year. This year's Caleb Williams, so to speak. He's the guy that's supposed to just come in, take the football. Boom, Notre Dame's going to the final four. That was kind of the social media verse, Mike, and you know it was. You know, okay, that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. All I'm saying no, is, no, no. I would like to know Wake's defense because they're giving up 45. Well, he's points the quarterback. Game, he's he's the all-time, well, hold on, then he gets the ball. He's the all-time leading quarterback in ACC touchdown history and whatnot. He can't get the ball and go rally and score more points. Sure, the defense may have sucked, but what about the interceptions? Mike, he has thrown more picks against teams with winning records than he does with losing records. He throws a lot of picks with teams that have a winning record. A lot of picks. I'm not saying, obviously, the offense is a little different. They do different things. I've only studied the last two years. I didn't care about COVID. I didn't care about his rookie years, freshman year, and whatnot. It is interesting. Um, people won't like this, and I told you this one. Uh, you know, comparable game. 
North Carolina. Drew Pine played North Carolina a lot better than Sam Hartman did. Higher rating, higher everything in that game. Drew Pine, hey, you can say what you want, Mike, but still, it's North Carolina. Are they known as some juggernaut defense? This is who Hartman played the last Any given Saturday, dude. Exactly. No, you are true. It is every given Saturday. And for the last two years, Sam Hartman. All right, Marshall's better football program than Notre Dame. They won last year. That's it. Any given Saturday, they are, and they proved it. And they proved it. And they proved it. Sam Hartman's his elite quarterback. He's only completed 70% of his passes in two games. Two. Notre Dame's done it 12 times the last two years. Different offenses. Drew I understand. Pine, baby. Drew Pine, better than Sam Hartman. You heard Tim Hyde say it right there. Statistically, against in some ACC games, sure he has been. Sure he has been. All right. I want to. There's a comment here um, that I wanted to bring up. CML says they're also playing under pressure with a rush. So I've seen this, you know, this kind of, well, you guys don't be mean to the quarterbacks because the defense is, is blitzing. And my thought is like, have you seen, have you ever seen a football game? Like that happens, especially if they're blitzing all practice, then as a quarterback, I know that I'm getting rid of the ball quicker. Like, unless it's hey, they're rushing eight. And we're running four verticals because that's what we have to do, and that's what they have to do. Then that's that's you know kind of a bad situation. But Tyler, I was, I was curious for kind of your your thoughts on this whole. Well, the Notre Dame quarterbacks aren't doing good because they have their pressure, you know, a lot of exotic blitzes. That's what happens in football games. What, what do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just continue the comparison with Hartman and Buckner on that front. They're both facing pressure, and I didn't tally up every single throw like I did for that first practice that we got to see. But in that first practice, Tyler Buckner was 7 of 12 in 11 on 11. Sam Hartman was 3 of 14. I mean, pre- pressure or no pressure, which which one do you take? I see Tim Hyde shaking his – I think I know which which numbers Tim takes there, and I know which ones I take. You take, you take 7 of 12. Today, it was probably a pretty similar split. I, I know for a fact that Tyler Buckner completed more passes than Sam Hartman today. And to go back to another one of Tim Hyde's uh, points about interceptions, Sam Hartman threw an interception to a walk-on today. In 11-on-11, in competitive, he was looking for Lorenzo Styles' back shoulder, seen him make this throw time and time again at Wake Forest. He didn't throw it to the back shoulder. He just threw it right at Styles. And if you have a defensive back right in front of your, your face and you're not throwing it to the side where you can catch over here, all the DB has to do is turn around make the play. That's what Isaiah done. Picked it right off. Tyler Buckner didn't make any throws like that today. If anything, he made some throws where Jaden Greathouse had one right down the seam. He dropped it. And, and these are all under pressure, too. I I put that on my write-up today at blueandgold.com. And I think there's a, there's a correlation there just based on athleticism alone. Who would you probably rather take with a rush right in his face? The 6-1 guy who... There have been jokes on this, I think, this show and, and definitely our message board. When he's wearing number 10, you see him right there. He kind of looks like a number 10 who played 10 games for Notre Dame last fall. Or would you take the 6'2 guy who's 215 pounds? And I know he's got an injury history, but we're talking pure athleticism. Tyler Buckner can get out of those situations and extend plays a little bit better than Sam Hartman can. I like Sam Hartman's improv- improvising skills. I mean, you, you've seen it at Wake Forest. He has a na- he's a football player. He's got a knack for making plays, and we've seen him improvise to make those plays. But Tyler Buckner, this is the reason Tommy Reese had the vision 
for the Notre Dame offense with him in the first place, right? He has the arm. He showcased that in high school football in, in California, throwing for, was it like 5,000 yards in a season? It was ridiculous, but that went along with 1,000 rushing yards too. And you saw it as a freshman at Notre Dame in 2021. The athleticism that he has and the way that he can move around the pocket, the first play we saw from him today in 11-on-11 probably went for, in an actual game, I would say it went for 10 to 12 yards around the right end. And it was a passing play. It was, he drops back, I'm going to look for something. It's not there, takes off to the right, first down. Sam Hartman doesn't have that. Sam Hartman doesn't, Sam Hartman has, if there's six guys in his face, maybe he squirts out and gets eight yards. You, you know who else did that last year? Drew Pine did that a little bit. We, we saw some magnificent plays where he's like, all right, I'm supposed to be throwing the football on this play, but I can get out, improvise a little bit, make a positive play for the team. Tyler Buckner has that and then some. And I think that's why, to answer your original question, Mike, I think that's why you've seen better numbers from Tyler Buckner throwing with pressure because he's just built better to do that. And we've seen that all spring long now. I'm curious, Tyler, for your own opinion and, and talking to colleagues at practice, are you guys, and again, you're the one seeing this with your own eyes, all of the practice, not just the me- the parts that media can even shoot, like who would you start? Like do you have an opinion on that? No, nah, I'm going to pull a Marcus Freeman here and say that is an answer to come in mid-August and maybe a little sooner this year because Notre Dame's first game is moved up a week in Dublin, Ireland, like Tim mentioned a little bit earlier. But your question, I'm assuming, is if Notre Dame played a football game tomorrow, who would you start? Yeah, you're sounding like a a, a journalist and not a YouTube streamer like I'm starting to become. So, all right, all right, fair enough, Tyler, fair enough. No, I'll, I'll answer your question. If, if this is the hot take episode of the Notre Dame football show – Based on what I have seen, if Notre Dame played Navy tomorrow. Full screen. Full screen, Tyler. Yep, there you go. If Notre Dame played Navy tomorrow, April 13th, 2023, I'm starting Tyler Buckner. Yeah, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, just based on like how, how comfortable he is with everything and everyone, that makes sense. But let's say Notre Dame's playing when they're actually playing, and you got to make the call right now. I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, you're good. You're no, I'll, I'll, yeah, okay. Tomorrow, April 13th, I'm starting Tyler Buckner. With that said, I still think Sam Hartman figures this out and starts on uh, on August 26th against Navy. Now, yeah, it would be pretty tough for Notre Dame to bring Sam Hartman in and not like that would be maybe not tough. To, that's not the right word, but that would be a pretty ballsy move for them to bring Sam Hartman in and not start, and that'd be a surprise. Totally. Totally agree. But two things have happened now in the three weeks that we've seen spring practice for me. And I'll say these really quickly. I've been asked on the message board time and time again, since Sam Hartman made this decision in early January, how much do you play Tyler Buckner? And back then it was like, Sam Hartman's a gamer. He's a dude that wants to throw the ball 40 times a game. You kind of let him ride. You go with the ebbs and flows. You give him the game. My answer to that now is that leash is a little shorter And I think you see a situation like 2021 where Jack Cohn's struggling. He's he's the clear number one quarterback on that football team that year. I mean, they don't win 11 games that year without Jack Cohn, probably. They don't come back to beat Toledo. They don't beat Virginia Tech. There's some situations where he had those huge passing games. You don't win without him, but you also don't win without Tyler Buckner. I'm starting to think that could be the case this year where Tim High mentioned all those interceptions. 
if Sam Hartman throws two in a row on back-to-back possessions, how do you not put in a guy like Tyler Buckner who can provide that instant spark? I think you do it. And there was going to be a second part to that, but I, I think I said everything right there well enough. That, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You're, you're muted again, Mike. Yep. Only two times in an hour. It's impressive. Uh, I love that. I actually really like that, Tyler. I, I haven't really thought about that angle of it, you know, yeah, as a as a, as a reliever. Tim, what what would you think about that? What Hartman is the reliever? That, no, Buckner. Um Buckner's I'm sorry, Buckner I was reading some stuff by Tyler. Sorry. What Buckner is the reliever? Yeah, to come in if if Hartman is throwing picks like he's done so much in his career. Yeah, but Tyler Buckner's trying to win the job. So obviously if he's the number two, he's the reliever, but he's trying to win the job. And yeah, it well, sounds right, like you clearly weren't just listening, Tim. No, I was I was listening, and I was I was trying to find some stuff to add into the conversation. But obviously, when you say reliever, that means he's the second string. So he's not trying to be the second string. He's yeah, trying no, to be right. the I'm just saying, if he doesn't win the job and he stays, then that could be a really interesting situation for the offense. That Buckner does I, play a lot. If I, Sam Hartman does have a short leash and he's and I, I think I, at that point too, it's going to be different than 2021 where. There were some actual. There were people actually calling for Tyler Buckner and even Drew Pine to to like start that Virginia Tech game because Jack Cohn was struggling so much. I think this year with Tyler Buckner being in his third year, he's made three starts. You actually think about if Sam Hartman struggles, replacing him. And I say, yeah, he's the reliever in a sense. But if it gets so bad to where Notre Dame is in jeopardy of losing football games, it shouldn't or not having any chance against some of the better teams because Hartman is struggling so much. You make a full stop switch and say, OK, Tyler Buckner is our guy now. I'll, I'll make a comparison. I think it was it was like 2019 or, or 2020. Um, I was covering Mississippi State. They went out and got K.J. Costello from Stanford from the transfer portal. K.J. Costello probably started games against Notre Dame. I didn't really study his career, but he was viewed as this big NFL prospect. He goes out and lights up LSU in the season opener, and you're like, holy cow, Mike Leach got a good one here. This is going to be awesome for Mississippi State. It turned out to just be a clunker. They stunk against Arkansas. They stunk against Vanderbilt. Mike Leach goes, we can't do this anymore makes a full-stop switch, puts Will Rogers in as a starting quarterback as a true freshman. The rest is history. He's still starting for Mississippi State today. To your point, Mike, about you can't go and get this guy from Wake Forest and, and then not start him, I fully expect Sam Hartman to win this quarterback competition. But if it's another K.J. Costello Mississippi State situation, you pull him, you say, thanks, we tried, you tried, but we're going to go to this Tyler Buckner guy and see if we can win these football games. Tim? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's been transfers. Malik Zaire went to Florida and didn't make it. You know, you know, Golson went to FSU and had a little up and down career down there. But I mean, Buck was trying to, you know, Buck was trying to win this thing. And it sounds like through spring practice, you know, I've heard this. Well, maybe you know, Buckner got the ones today, and Hartman's been ones before. Well, if that's true, then why didn't Buckner, or excuse me, Hartman, when he got his reps today, perform like the number one? And it sounds like in all the reporting going on. He has never sounded like the number one dude. It it just has not sounded like this in all the reporting that's out there. That it's been a constant Buckner. He may not be, you know, Tim Tebow and the Heisman guy, but he's making plays. He's been there obviously a lot longer. I think he's motivated times ten to win the, to win this thing. 
He's not going to sit by idly. And I, man, if if the mojo continues like this, you know how? I mean, how does how does Hartman win it? I mean, let's just be honest. How does Hartman win it if Buckner just continues doing this? He's got the legs. He's got the man. He he could run around like crazy. Just watch the bowl game. Watch the things he did. Once again, the bowl game was after a hundred and what ten, twelve days. Since he got hurt, he came back and did those things. So, I, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing that he is holding off the all time leading ACC touchdown uh, leader uh, in touchdown passes, and he's playing his tail off this spring and whatnot. So, you know, kudos to him because it sounds like he's really working hard. And I think the more you dive into Hartman, like someone, what the thing was, I saw someone did a super chat earlier. Well, you know, he, he had the weight line and all that. Yeah. Okay, that's that's all fine and dandy, you know. But in in the big games, he didn't perform a quarterback. I mean, there was games he was absolutely atrocious in in some of these ranked games. So uh, when they had obviously really good seasons and whatnot uh, for a couple of years, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little shocked. I don't want to say shocked in a good way of how Buckner is playing. So I don't think he's going to be second fiddle. And if he goes out and wins this thing, what's Sam Hartman going to do? And then I have a huge question for Tyler Horka, if I could get in one question. This is going back to with, you know, with, with you know, when Freeman said he was going to bring in a transfer. So let's just say Pine leaves. We don't have Sam Hartman here. Who's the, how good is Angeli? Because this has been Mike Goolsby and my, you know, you know, our conversations is, how did you just not let these quarterbacks play this year? How did you not just let them grow and develop? They're all a year older. They're all a year in the program play uh Tyler Buckner and if you need Angeli and Minchie it sounds like you've seen it and Jelly's been a huge surprise this spring to where if Sam Hartman was not here he could easily be the number two quarterback don't you think or what's your opinion on that yeah I don't think Mike Singer would be too surprised but he's a (laughs) he's a different player than both Buckner and Hartman he's like a hybrid almost he'll surprise you with his legs but he's not Tyler Buckner's legs and then he's just he's bigger than Sam Hartman so you feel a little bit more comfortable with him doing the traditional drop back look around throw the football I've been impressed and you have to take his reps with a little bit of a grain of salt because I don't think he's received one first team rep but he was you have to remember if you go back to last fall he was receiving some first team reps because he had to, he was the backup quarterback for that football team. So to answer the the broad, the big picture point of your question. Yeah. I, I would feel pretty comfortable putting this kid in a football game at this point, if you had to. And when we talked to the quarterbacks a couple of weeks ago, I spent the entirety of my, I, I actually kind of got a one-on-one with him. It was weird. Someone slapped their recorder down. They all went to talk to Buckner. They all went to talk to Hartman. I was like, let me talk to Steve Angeli. I want to pick his brain. Where is he at right now? And he sounds even more confident than the guy that said, what was it? The I don't think, was it the Boston College game? Which game did he come in where he had to hand the ball off once? And he was like, you should have let me know. Uh, was that Syracuse, the Syracuse game? Okay, right? yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was the Syracuse game. And he said, yeah, coach, you should have let me throw it. I'm ready. And I asked him where that comes from and if he's more ready now. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to throw it once. I'm ready to throw it 25, 30, time, 30 times in a football game. So he's confident. And then when you look at him on the field, um, 
Buckner definitely was the best quarterback today. But if you go back to the April 1st practice and Angeli's limited reps, I would say he was the he was the best quarterback. He led the only touchdown. Notre Dame only scored one offensive touchdown in that entire two-hour practice in 11-on-11 live uh, drills. And Angeli was on the field for it. So he led these guys down there. He It seems like he's comfortable making every single throw. I've seen him hit the short ones, the intermediate ones, the long ones. So when you're talking about, hey, is this dude a complete quarterback? Like I said, he can surprise you with his legs a little bit. And then I have no questions about his arm. It's just, hey, is he mentally there and ready? I think he's checking all the boxes for me. Hey, Tyler, you were just muted for that whole time. Can you just go through St- Steve Angeli and rave about him again? Uh, no, one could, no one could hear you. Only I could hear uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Tim, go ahead. Yeah, no, I want to say, I mean, this, I mean, this, I mean, where's Mike Goolsby tonight? I know where he's at. He, he, he was dying to get on tonight, but he had a big, uh, big meeting tonight. But uh, this is going back to when I hear Mike Senior and I hear, you know, others in the Notre Dame world say, oh, it's, it's so good for Buckner and Angeli and Minchie to learn from Sam Hartman and sit on the bench and just, wow, be in amazement with these guys. I'm telling you. The best thing about football is playing. And Steve and, and Steve Angeli would have been with Minchie a heck of a battle this spring to be the number two quarterback with Buckner as their growth stunted by what Tyler just said. When he gets in, he shows it, but he has, but he's doing it with the other dudes because Hartman and Buckner are sucking up so much of the oxygen with the two D. So this is just this is my take going back to this whole. You learn more by you know you learn more by watching, and you don't. I've coached for 29 years. You learn by playing football. You learn by having film, by getting coached, and getting graded off that film. That's how you get better. That's just my take. Yeah, but you need to you need to prepare yourself to be able to play, Tim. No, unmute yourself. I hear. I, I can. Oh, I, I can read your lips. Say, Mike. Mike. You have to prepare yourself to be ready to play, and that's what I'm telling you. Is that people at Notre Dame think that this is the best thing that could happen? Maybe not the best thing that could happen. Maybe that's not the right term, but like the way Hartman handles himself is a good thing for these guys to learn from. I'm not saying that Buckner just needs to be happy. Oh, yay, I'm the number two guy. I'm just going to watch him and hold his clipboard and his jock strap. I'm not saying that, but I think in the offseason, while it's a quarterback battle, you have this good, healthy competition. I think it's, in the long run, going to make Tyler Buckner a better quarterback. I I agree, but at the same well, time... Well, then, why are we having a show? I'm just kidding. Hey, I, I think it's already made Tyler Buckner better, but I do wonder... Hey. But now things are changing a little I'm bit. Fired up, because I see a Sam Hartman who, like today, I, I, with how much he was struggling, and everyone saw it. I was like, "What is this dude doing when he goes back and he's watching Tyler Buckner play better quarterback than him, or even Steve Angeli come in and play better quarterback than him?" I, I don't want this thing to get to a point where Sam Hartman, the dude with 110 touchdown passes in his career, is starting to question who he is. And look, if it if the sacrifice for that is Tyler Buckner is immensely better and Tyler Buckner is the one that's going to give this team the best chance to go to the college football playoff, you, you made your quarterback room better. Congratulations. It came at the expense of a dude who thought he was going to have his best year ever 
at Notre Dame. And, and, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Tim mentioned some of the names and some of the places that it hasn't worked out for quarterbacks. But I do think this is a very interesting time where you might have this 24-year-old quarterback start to question some things. And now is that really helping the overall demeanor of the quarterback room? I, I'm not sure. It's an honest question. I'm not sure. All right. All right. I want to I want to say one thing, Tim, and then and then we're going to have closing thoughts from everybody. I've said this so much. Tyler, I know you watch the show, Tim. You obviously do the show with me about the whole um, with Brian Mason bringing in all these guys, you know, at, at all these special positions. It was kind of a a, a, a Luke Fickle way because, of course, Mason was under Fickle, Freeman under Fickle, all these guys under Fickle. A lot of the guys on Notre Dame staff are under Fickle. And, and then you can go to, you know, who was above him on his coaching tree and all that stuff. But competition is everything. It's like Brian Mason's bringing in all these specialists. Why? For competition. I think for the quarterback, I, so when you said the same, same Hartman questioning thing, is that a good thing? I'm thinking, hell yeah, it is, because that's the competition that I you hope brings out the best. The competition is going to bring out the best, and I think that that is the true Marcus Freeman way of things from the you know the coaches that he's worked with is that um, if you just hand Hartman the job and there's no competition, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's good. I think it's a lot better when you have that competition. So. It's a little test of uh, mental toughness, Tim. It goes back to the first two minutes of today's show with the blue chip ratio. Buckner, Angeli, Minchie, these guys have practiced against Notre Dame. They've played in games for Notre Dame. Buckner's won game, you know, won the bowl game for Notre Dame. This is obviously something new for Hartman. Hartman, you know, grew up in the ACC. The ACC is not a juggernaut outside of Clemson. Let's just be brutally honest. They're not. And – and I think it's you know kind of coming home to roost in a little bit how these Notre Dame quarterbacks are just like, well, we were recruited here to play here. And Freeman, once again, went out and said, this is my humble opinion in his belly. I can't win with you guys. I got to go get this 24-year-old with, you know, with 80 starts under his belt for us to win. That's what it looked like to me as someone who's followed Notre Dame his entire life. And these guys are like, no. So is it a Freeman – Poking, poking these guys to motivate them. If it is, then it worked brilliantly because these guys are playing their tails off because they were recruited to come to Notre Dame. They're not going to just sit by idly, and I would not be surprised to see Buckner run around in Dublin from from the sounds of it. Any closing thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I guess you guys talked me into the idea that, and I should know the names off the top of my head, a big golf guy like we talked about at the beginning – also a huge hockey guy. I literally have the, the Dallas Stars game on right now. I, I, I've glanced a couple times over there, but um, all that to say, it's kind of like when Herb Brooks in 1980 brought in, and, and this is where I say I should know the names, he brought in a kid from one of the powerhouse hockey teams literally in the last week of camp before they go off to Lake Placid to go play for what has now become one of the greatest sporting events of all time. And, and the roster was set. And bringing in that kid mean, meant, okay, somebody's got to go. The guys who were already on the roster banded together, and they said, hey, coach, this is our team. We're going to play with these guys. We're going to win with these guys. Mike Ruzioni was one of the guys who could have got kicked off because of that guy coming in. He ends up scoring the game-winning goal against the USSR in the in the game that you know we now deem the miracle on ice. So – my closing remark is, I think I agree with you guys. If Sam Hartman is this super competitor, and by the looks of everything I watched of him at Wake Forest, he is, then he, just like Tyler Buckner got better from this, 
Sam Hartman should get better from this too. Yeah. All right. Three times in an hour and, and 11 minutes. That's impressive. All right. I only talked while muted three times. Tyler, I removed you because you need to go watch your team. I didn't know that your team was on tonight. I probably wouldn't have invited you on <laughs> if I knew your stars were playing tonight. Um, Tyler Hark, I really appreciate you uh, joining. Yeah, go watch Go watch your Dallas Stars. Yeah, there he is. Look, look there, there, there's that. Uh, Tyler, there's real that quick, is, did the playoffs start? We literally just scored right now. Uh, playoffs right. start next week. That's yeah, hockey. Hey, hockey playoffs is like six months, so relax. It's like it goes. We're trying to win every, a division, Tim. We're trying to win a division. Oh, right. okay. But I was gonna say every series goes seven games. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. I love having Tyler on, man. Talk yeah. to Tyler. Yeah, awesome. we're we're gonna have more on uh, more more of Tyler on the the Notre Dame football show. Um, definitely. Um, you know, good good voice of reason for when me and Tim just go off the rails and yell at each other. Oh, Tim, always a, a good uh, a good chat. Drew Music, appreciate the, uh, the the super chat earlier and all the comments that you give us on YouTube. I always do. I tell you folks, I read all of your YouTube comments. Yeah. Some of them may appear on the show or I talk about on the show. So please, you know, leave comments. Roast me, roast Tim, roast any, you know, roast us though. Don't roast the players. I don't really like seeing roast players, but roast me yeah. and Tim. You know, we're, we're, Tim's 40. He can handle it. Maybe a little yes. older than 40. Yeah, I'm Gundy. I'm Gundy here. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fun show as always. Head over to blueandgold.com and uh, catch everything uh, Notre Dame football. Really, again, really fun show. We're going to talk all the spring football stuff. And, of course, we uh, just land on quarterbacks and just debate quarterbacks. But I thought it was a good discussion, you know, uh, as always. Hey. Uh, I think I dominated their argument and Tim Hyde lost. But, hey, uh, you, but know, you know. You know what? Uh, as we close off, Mike, who would have – I mean, seriously, I woke up this morning and, you know, and you're like, hey, what do you want to talk about? I'm like. Yeah, what's there to talk about? I was like, I was like, blah, you know, what are we doing? I had no idea it was practice. You're like, no, it's full practice. And then all of a sudden it's been quarterback talk all day at Blue and Gold. So who would have thought, right? You wake up and it ends up being quarterback again, which I said, I'm I'm surprised. I, I really am surprised. Yeah. You know, uh, I thought Hartman's just going to take the ball and just take over. Yeah. And Butler is playing his butt off. It is, yeah. It's a fascinating spring it's turning out to be. Yeah, you know me. I, I haven't been the biggest. Tyler Buckner fan. I'm starting to come around. I'm starting to come around. I, I'm really liking the reports. Yes. I am liking the reports. I think like I I am more than happy to, to change my mind. Like I hey. think if Sam Hartman goes out and throws 50 touchdowns and zero picks, I think my my good buddy Goolsby may not move. It it will be all about the receivers of the offense. I think Goolsby may not move. I will move. Like I if if it's Buckner and he ends up lighting it up, I'm okay. I'm okay being like, dang, I was wrong on this. And I say that now. We'll see what. When but I'm, you know what? I'm the opposite. I've never been an Angeli fan, and everything Patrick Engel and Tyler Horka, Todd Burlidge talk about it, blue and gold, like. But Angeli. not me for years at this. I point. know, yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The practices, like, and that's why I brought up Angeli. Like, he is like, he's a dude. I'm telling you, he's coming into now his second spring with the reps, and I just. I love I love hearing that, and that's I, why I think there's think a, guys are gonna have, we're gonna have there's gonna be a hell of a quarterback room. At some Dame. kind of stigma against Angeli because he's Slovakio. He's not Slovakio. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a a New Jersey Catholic school yeah. guy. He's not super fast. He's not super big. He doesn't throw it eighty yards. Hey, yep. He's just another guy, and I'm t I'm just telling you, like he just does everything really well. And when you talk to the kid, he's just a special. 
special. Tyler, are you still with us? That's why. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on. I want to, Tyler. I can see Tyler still back screen. You talked about your interview, and here we are. I, I said we we're going to wrap up, you know, a while back. You talked about your interview with Angeli one on one. Pretty like talking to him, like he's he's impressive, right? Yeah, how old is he? Like 18, 19 years old. He's technically still a college freshman, right? Because we we deem him a sophomore because he's going to be in his sophomore year when Notre Dame plays another football game. But right now, by academic standards, he's a freshman. And I guarantee you, if someone stuck a recorder in my face and said, hey, let's talk ball, life, everything that's going on at the University of Notre Dame, in my case, it would have been the University of Texas at that time, for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I would have froze up at some point and been like, like, what am I doing? I can't articulate what I'm trying to say. Not once. Veteran. So because he, Mike Singer interviewed him so many times. Beyond, you know, his, years. beyond his years. But you, you know what, Singer, you said, a, I think it was last week we talked about him or maybe two weeks ago where it's from Bergen Catholic. He's from one of the premier top 10 high schools in America. What have we been talking about? Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, who were having great springs from Tyler and Patrick's reporting. They came from elite elite high school football programs. Cooper Flanagan's going to come this summer from De La Salle, where all those guys do is win. They're trying to get Kingston Asa out of St. John Bosco. Notre Dame is getting dudes that are college football programs. They just are, you know, a lot of these high schools. And they come to Notre Dame, a guy like Rico Flores, from what the guys are talking about, is just like, yeah, give me the ball, go make plays, which is it's what he did at Folsom High. That's the program at Folsom. And, and when you get a Bergen Catholic guy, it's 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 it, – that's been, you know, my my uh, underbelly of, of the spring is that. And Junior Tuli Alamaca out of Alamany, one of the big high school Catholic schools in SoCal. A guy who plays as a true freshman over all these other guys ranked ahead of him. And now he has solidified himself on the two deep behind Jordan Batello, which is great. So you get guys from good high school football programs, you're going to have a good program overall. Good show, boys. All right, Tyler. I saw it's the end of the second period. I was, I was keeping an eye on that. So I didn't feel too bad bringing you back on. Hey, I'll go on this show every single Wednesday for as long as the Stars are in the playoffs if it means they're going to outscore the opposition 3-0 to zero while I'm on here, which is what happened. It was 2-2 two to two after one. Now it's 5-2. to two. Go Stars. All right. There you go. Good way to end it. All right, Tyler. Appreciate you. All right, Tim, great show as always, even yeah. if you are dead wrong on everything I don't agree with. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have plenty of coverage coming up uh, on blueandgold.com and our YouTube channel. We'll have um, – Sure, Tim and Tim and I will do some sort of live show right after the spring game, and then the day yes. or two after, we'll, we'll we'll have the three amigos. We'll have uh, myself, Tim Hyde, and Mike Goolsby, um, do it kind of a recap show. I know that's always a as a hit the three of us, um, and yeah, we'll we'll continue to have Tyler Hork on um, as well. Um, excellent, excellent writer at Blue and Gold, and uh, very good on our, our YouTube channel as well. Tim, I appreciate you. I have to be up at four a.m. to catch a flight down to Florida. Um, so, uh, just hope that I can get some, get some good rest and, uh, yeah, folks hit that thumbs up. If you haven't, um, subscribe to our channel, of course, blueandgold.com. And as always, folks, we will catch you next time. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky. 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.